Hello? 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 Not from the other side. I am still on the same side of my house reconstruction project that I've been working on. Just a little recap on everything, and then we'll dive into this episode. But for now, every floor looks like it's under construction. I have one mattress left in the house that is currently on the floor and a sitting chair. And everything else I have pretty much gotten rid of, either thrown away, as I mentioned in the last episode, or I've put into storage. So yeah, but in the little meaningful tidbits of time that I get throughout this process, in an attempt to escape all the craziness of working during the day from home with people working on every level of the house and hammers and things being dropped and me running out to see if someone got hurt. (laughs) I've also been Netflixing to kind of escape all that craziness. And so I've definitely watched some good stuff. um, And I've definitely watched some stuff that I'm just like, um, can I reclaim my time on this? Can I? Like, I would love to just mm, reclaim my time and delete this out of the data that is my head. Anyways, and so for this episode, talk about some of the goodies that I've watched and then some of the Netflix and Swerve. Like, Swerve the fuck out the way because you ain't, don't waste your time. Some bitches do, this bitch won't. Get up in my squishy sandwich without a quote. Ain't no need to flex, you ain't even in my zone. You be trying to go, we already on the road. Don't kiss no toes, I be sitting on my throne. Don't multitask, you already on hold. No one to fold, this here is gold. Scraping off the gold, I I had to turn down my mic a little. It was doing some weird blinking thing. Anyways, let's get into this episode of Netflix and Swerve. A must-watch that I cannot believe that I am this late to the game for is Shit's Creek. Holy crap. I It's been on the list where, like, oh, recommended to watch or whatever, but I just continued to kind of scroll through it. Didn't think anything of it. Then finally one day I was like, let me just check it out. Let's see what this is about. And I was immediately addicted. It was just so good. And I am ashamed to say that I binge-watched it. And I wish that I hadn't because it... Ends at six seasons. Fair warning, there's probably going to be some spoiler alerts for some of the episodes or pretty much everything that I talk about. Six seasons, and when I started watching it, I didn't even bother to Google if it had already ended for good. It definitely has. I'm glad to say that it does have six seasons for it because it needed the ending that it got. And had it continued, I think it would have just turned into unnecessary extra crap because it fits so much into this show about sexuality, about family values, about developing as a person, depending, no matter where you're from. Overall, just growth as a family, jam-packed into these six seasons, and it was just a really, really good show. And basically, it's about a really rich family, gets their money, loses all their money, and all that's left to their name is a town that they bought as a joke named Shit's Creek. And so the town welcomes them and allows them to stay at a motel to live there until they can get back up on their feet as the town official owners. Now, the family is forced to live in two motel rooms, which have a shared door in between. So there's a lot of getting used to from coming from a massive mansion to two motel rooms. The father, Eugene Levy, plays this really clever, funny father figure. Uh, Then there's uh, 
Moira Rose, who has this like over the top personality with really large vocabulary, uh, played by Catherine O'Hara, who apparently is the mom from Home Alone or something. As, I, as I'm watching this show, though, I had a little blonde moment because I was like, man, those eyebrows look a lot like Eugene Levy's. They did some really good casting. And then I Googled it, and sure enough, it's his son. So I had my little blonde moment uh, watching this show. But it's just a really fun banter between the entire family, just play on personalities and being accepting to people who are different from you. And the biggest scene takeaway that a lot of people talk about is the scene where uh, Stevie Budd is talking with uh, David Rose about sexuality. And in that moment, he's shopping at a grocery store with her. So he uses wine bottles to explain his sexuality. And so Stevie says, so just to be clear, I'm a red wine drinker. David says, that's fine. Stevie says, okay, cool. I only drank red wine. And up until last night, I was under the impression that you too only drink red wine. But I guess I was wrong. David replies, I see where you're going with this. Um, I do drink red wine, but I also drink white wine. And I've been known to sample the occasional rosé. And a couple summers back, I tried a Merlot that used to be a Chardonnay, which got a bit complicated. Stevie, oh, so you're really open to all wines. David, I like the wine and not the label. Does that make sense? And Stevie replies, yes, it does. And it was just a great way to explain sexuality. There's even t-shirts about it now, into the wine, not the label, which is so cool. And I just can't believe that I missed them in person last year in 2019 when the entire cast was at Trade in D.C., uh, and I guess the, the whole thing was to, there's a whole bunch of people that dressed up like Moira Rose, which is the mom, the mom. So I went back to look at pictures of the event and sure enough, there's like all these dudes dressed up as Moira and drag, which is super cute. That's how good this show was to me. And that I was Googling everything that I could find on them. Like I wanted more, more of them. And at this point they're doing uh, tours, which I didn't know cast members did from shows i don't know if anybody else has done it but they are the entire cast is doing tours where i guess they come out and talk or whatever and they're filling out stadiums like big time uh, but yeah that's an awesome show to watch definitely check it out not where it's worth binging but you want to take your time with this one another delightful fun show that kind of took me back in time a little bit was boys in the band which is a Netflix movie about gay life in 1968 and the main character is played by Sheldon it sucks that you're always going to be known as Sheldon <laughs> but that other character plays Sheldon on uh, Big Bang Theory uh, great show immediately you get taken back in time and it's definitely a window into what life was like for the gay community in that time period where there was no internet there was no way of knowing who's gay other than just getting to know each other in person. You got characters Matt Bomer, Jim Parsons, Andrew Reynolds, Charlie Carver, who plays a twink. They're like a really dumb twink. It's super cute. Uh, looks the part, for sure. Uh, <laughs> and Zachary Quinto. Is that, is that how you pronounce his name? I don't know. But he, it plays, he plays Harold, and it's his birthday, and they're throwing it at uh, Jim Parsons' house. Oops, Sheldon. I'm just going to call him Sheldon. And they get a surprise drop in from this straight guy who's a friend of Sheldon's from way back when in school. 
and doesn't really know that he's gay or that he has all these friends that are gay. So there's some banter back and forth between them when he drops in surprisingly for this party. But the most like takeaway scene, whatever you're going to get from this that made me uncomfortable was just they all run inside and start to play a game. And for this game, you have to call a person that they once truly loved. There's a point awarded for making the call, two more points if the person in question actually answers, and another point if someone else answers. And then two points are awarded to the caller for identifying themselves, and five bonus points are received if the caller expresses their true love. Which is crazy. I mean, to think back then, if you grew up with like a straight crush as a teenager, and here you are being faced with this challenge or dare basically to call that person up, see if they still have the same number, see who picks up the phone. It could be a wife, it could be whatever. Who knows, they might even say they're gay too and had a crush back. But the way it's done, it's Sheldon's character or whatever. He's super intoxicated and being really bitchy and queeny and just being a really mean gay. He kind of forces everybody to do it. And I mean, we all know those mean gays, but this one was like over the top mean gay. Uh, like I said, it makes you uncomfortable. Uh, it made me a little bit uncomfortable, but it's definitely a really good watch just to kill some time and get a glimpse into way back when, when we didn't have shit to look people up and Google people, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, gay life back in the 60s. To top off my must watch list, and if you haven't seen it, I'm sure you have, Queen's Gambit. It's freaking awesome, freaking addicting to watch. Turns out that the main character is Latina, which I never would have guessed, but she sure is. Great show based around an orphaned girl who grows up in an orphanage, gets addicted to drugs that they're handing out to children during the Cold War era, which is crazy to think. She becomes addicted and uses her hallucinations to learn to play chess and play visually through her hallucinations and she becomes obsessed with this through the janitor who teaches her to play uh it was just filmed so beautifully the colors the cinematography there are so many quiet moments in this show as you watch the chess players play that you would think you wouldn't be as interested in it but you get very invested in the adrenaline i guess there's an adrenaline rush to watching chess players play and believe it or not, sure enough, people are out buying chessboard games. I mean, I was almost one of those people. I was like, damn, I want to go get a chessboard and learn to play. Uh, no, let's scratch that because there is a lot that goes into it. There are books written on it. There's even books on old plays of people who've won in the past that players review just to get better. And we will not be doing any of that. But definitely a great watch. Definitely fun and entertaining. Surprisingly entertaining. Did I just say that was my final? No, there's something I watched last night that was actually pretty entertaining. Prom on Netflix, musical style show, movie, whatever. Characters or some of the main actresses, actors were Nicole Kidman, Andrew Reynolds, Meryl Streep, uh, James Corden, and Keegan-Michael Kay. And it looks like Ariana Grande was in it? The fuck? Well, Kerry Washington's in it. I do not remember seeing Ariana in there. Now I'm going to have to find out what scene she was in. But anyways, it's really fun. Basically, rich ass people get hated on for a show that they did uh, for a musical that they performed, but they get hated on because they're too conceited in their interviews. And so they like find a random cause to take over to as a PR move 
to save themselves from the bad reviews that they got from the show that they put on. And the cause that they find is this teenager in Indiana who, because of coming out, the school decides to cancel the entire school's prom. So these actors from Broadway in New York take a bus all the way to Indiana to go save prom or whatever. The musical bits are pretty funny. The characters are well-written. And the entire song set scene where they sing about loving thy neighbor is pretty epic. I like that one. That's probably my favorite scene out of all of them. And for the second part, we're going to review the maybe to watch question mark. I binged this one, but I really didn't even know how I felt about it afterwards. Selena. I watched it obviously because I'm Latino and I still love Selena. And had she not died, she'd be way better than JLo. Selena can actually sing. Fight me. (laughs) Just kidding. No, but compared to the movie Selena, it's a completely different energy. The biggest like difference you're going to see is the bus in the movie Selena is completely decked out. The bus in this version of Selena is plyboard, sleeping bags, and just poverty. Yeah, basically just poverty. There's been a lot of hate on the character that they picked to play Selena, the girl, and I feel really bad for her. There's a meme or something that I saw that like they had a picture of Selena, then a picture of JLo as Selena, then they had a picture of this character that plays Selena, and her name is Christian Serratos. She's pretty. I mean, she's a skinny little Latina girl. Uh, but they made it seem like, why did they pick her? She doesn't even look anything like her or whatever. I think she looks fine. Uh, the overall, it's basically just an elongated version of the movie at this point, which, spoiler alert, it ends, this season at least, ends with Chris, her boyfriend, getting found out about their love or whatever, and then get, he, he gets kicked out of the band and the bus drives away. So, of course, you're left with, oh, my God, what or whatever, what's going to happen next? Well, we already know. But... The cutest scene from there that I really, 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 really liked is as they're playing these uh, shows, they played a show in Mexico and this little girl runs up to Suzette, Selena's sister, who's the drummer, and Suzette immediately is like, oh, let me let me get Selena or something. And the girl's like, no, I want your autograph. I want to be a drummer just like you. And it's such a cute scene because it, you see Suzette feel in that moment that, oh, wow, like I am doing something good because in the beginning she was reluctant to play the drums. So that moment really brought it full circle for her and made her feel that she was making a difference and that w- this was the right path for her. So I'm wondering if that's something that the real Suzette went through and experienced and if that was an actual moment that she experienced that actually changed her perception and her role as a female drummer in that time period. And now for the Netflix and Swerve part of this show. Like for real, Swerve, out of the way, don't waste your time watching these. These next three, oh my gosh, please do not bother. I just like, ugh. I'm glad I like fast forwarded through one of them and then the other two I just really just dug my nails into my chair and said I'll just watch it through even though I gave it the benefit of the doubt and I was completely let down and so I will start with Peppermint the movie played by Jennifer Gardner not as Peppermint which 
confused me at first. I had to Google why it was called peppermint. Pe- <laughs> like I said, not peppermint. I almost called her peppermint. Jennifer, who I already forgot what her character's name was, has a family who gets gunned down at the carnival, unfortunately, just as she went back for a napkin after having ordered food with her husband and daughter. Daughter orders a peppermint slushy or something, so that's where the name comes from. So she watches her husband and daughter get gunned down by some gangsters due to some drama shit and she gets arrested and she escapes the hospital comes back five years later on the anniversary of their death to revenge kill everybody involved in the killing and she goes all the way up to basically taking down trying to take down the big pin the gang leader But it just sucks because it was just such lazy writing. Like everything was just fed to you from the beginning, from start to end. There was no there's no time for you to really get invested in each of the characters. They gave the bad guy away quickly. One of the dirty cops, you knew who he was right off the bat. Uh, So no surprise when he got called out near the end. Um, And at the last scene, spoiler alert, whatever where she has her gun pointed at the gang leader who basically started a gang war with against her (laughs) and she's surrounded by the cops and they're telling her no don't 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 kill him like trust me like whatever they're trying to convince her not to kill the dude she actually shoots him and then in that moment it seems like everybody all the cops guns go off and basically kill her and the shoot the other dude again but that's not what happens she somehow miraculously gets away and after all those bullets that maybe hit her look like they hit her is able to crawl back to the gravesite of her daughter and that's where she dies which is just really like lame i don't know it's just so weird and unnecessary and for number two on my netflix and swerve is ava which again lazy writing that you have this woman character ava who in the opening scene is a driver for some dude and she's a trained assassin she kills the guy in there but there's this random girl like recording it with a sound telescope i don't know what you call those but basically she was listening in on the conversation that she was having in the car before killing this dude And then Motorcycle Girl speeds away after the kill is completed. And so you're basically just tracking this chick and her life as an assassin. And going. she has like family drama. She tries to go back home and it turns out that her mom was in the hospital. So her sister thought that that was the reason she came home. But her sister is now married to her ex-fiance, which is like, whoa, okay, that's weird, but whatever. Colin Farrell is in it. Her ex-fiance is involved in some gambling debt. So she finds him in this gambling house with some debt leader, gambling leader, Asian lady, who she pulls him out of there and beats the shit out of her. Apparently they had some relationship when the Asian lady had scooped up Ava as a drug, as a druggie and basically saved her life. And then Ava somehow left or whatever it was just really just again everything was kind of just fed to you and there was no time to really invest in any of the uh, get emotionally invested in any of the characters and then there was a scene with colin farrell 
near the end where he's like coming after her to kill her or whatever because she is like a loose end because apparently she likes to question the victim to see if they actually did something bad before killing them and that's like a no-no for the organization that she works for so in the fight scene it's like crazy they're all hitting each other it's so they're fighting they're fighting and then colin just stops because they're both exhausted the fire alarm's going off or something and he's like oh i can see why such and such didn't want to have you killed you have a lot of moxie and it was just so like what one of you needs to just die already. Like, I just spent all that time watching y'all fight and none of you is dead. Like, and that's all you have to say? Oh, you have a lot of moxie? Ugh, it's just like, <laughs> I should have turned it off then, but I didn't. I kept watching. She, he runs off. He's like, if I see you again, I'm going to kill you. So you'd think at this point that she's, I guess, going to go her own way. She doesn't. She grabs a gun that she has hidden in some money and tracks him down, down the street in some park and kills him under a bridge. Spoiler alert, whatever. Like Peppermint, I think it had the potential to be something good, but honestly, just skip it. It's not, ugh, bye. And this last one is not on Netflix, but just don't bother. It's called Flight Attendant on HBO, and it's just about the silly, dumb, blonde character that sleeps with one of the passengers on the plane in his hotel and wakes up to his dead body. And so then you just, she does everything wrong, obviously. She cleans up the crime scene. She immediately calls her friend, her best friend, who happens to be a big-time lawyer in New York, and you track her trying to escape this situation because the FBI gets called in on it. And so she does everything wrong. Like She ends up going to the guy's workplace. She tries to do all the detective work herself, which makes her look more suspicious. This is definitely one that I found myself just skipping through, skipping through, skipping through to kind of see what happens. And I guess the big thing for this show is that she is an alcoholic that has these mind flashes where she goes into her head and she sees the guy that she slept with in her head and she has full-on conversations with this guy. It's portrayed as her zoning out mid-conversation while she's having these uh, hallucinations. So I hope you like my semi-casual reviews of all these shows that I've been watching. I've been a little bit busy with stuff, obviously, and I... Look forward to getting things a little bit back back to normal. I've been reaching out to people here and there to bring on to the show. It's just a matter of getting people scheduled in and me having a moment to do so. Thanks again for listening. I wanna get